Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of our Through the Winters podcast. Today we're going to go through our Motivational Monday quote, our Worship Wednesday question, and Marsha and I are going to share a little bit more about our past in the topic of loss and grief. We're excited to get things going. Let's do this. guys let's take a look at our motivational monday quote which this week is by c.s lewis where he says isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes but when you look back everything is different yes mr lewis i can attest to that because i know for myself i would go forward and go forward and go forward day by day and my days was just pretty much a checklist i don't know how many of you guys can relate to that I had my calendar out in front of me and okay, coming up is this event or this situation or this party or this meeting or whatever the case may be. And as the days went by, it was just a checklist after checklist. All right, done, done. Get ready for the next thing. Done, get ready for the next thing. All right, another week I have this. That comes along, done. And all right, let's get ready for the next thing. And I would just be moving forward and looking forward and looking forward. And I would think, this is just my life and I'm having a good time and everything may be okay, but this is my life and, and, and that's how I see it. It wasn't until I got into something that I find very effective for myself and it's something that I recommend for those that I counsel and those that I talk to. And if any of you are listening, you can probably attest to this, that I would tell people to start journaling. Journaling, I think, has changed my perspective and the lens in which I see my life because it helps me in a lot of ways see where I've come from. Um, So here's how this whole thing works. Whether every day, every other day, or at least once a week, jot down how your week was going. Jot down how your days were going, what you were thinking, what you were facing. Um, be honest with yourself on, on, on how you perceived the things that happened that week or that day. Um, jot down your prayers. God, I need your help in this. Or I'm facing this or I'm confused. Or Lord, thank you for what the, the blessing you've given me. Whatever the case may be, jot them down and date them. Very important that you date them. And here's why. As you go about your days and as your days are just going on and you get time to finally just sit back and, and look and, and read, you can look at your journal. And I like looking at them about a year later, you know? So if it's like September 13th, I wanna see what I was doing September 13th of last year. You know, where was I, where was my mind? And it helps me remember like, oh yeah, I forgot. I was I was facing that situation. I was I was going through that. And, oh yeah, I forgot, that's, that's when uh, this great thing happened and, and things like that, you know, went by. And it helps me see things. It helps me see how things have changed, maybe how I've grown or or situations that were really weigh me down, don't weigh me down anymore. They're not an issue anymore. And we can easily forget about the things that we've been delivered from, the things that we've come from, the, the opportunities that, that came and went. We can easily forget those things. And most importantly, if we were praying for God to help us with something, we can easily forget of what he's done for us. But when we have that written down and we look at it and we remember, we're like, that's right. You know, some of us may even say, man, I spent like about 10 minutes crying to God or more, crying to God about help me with this situation. Give me wisdom. How do I go about this? How do I handle this? And when he delivered me from it or when it wasn't an issue anymore or, or he showed me the solution, I only spent maybe about a minute and I said, thank you. I was like, or I didn't say thank you at all. And it helps us, you know, recognize these kind of things that's happening in our lives. And so for me, it's very important that we do look back. And one of the ways that helps me, and I'm sure it'll help many of you, is if you do something like journaling, and again, date them because it's so important. Remember, our perspective, the perspective of our lives 
it can appear so different depending on what lens we look at. And if we're just focusing on the lens of forward, yeah, it's gonna be hard for you to see where you've come from. It's gonna be hard for you to 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 keep record of of, of things that are going on and, and even the times of, of, of how you handle those problems and things that go on in your lives. But when you're able to just look back, it changes that, that whole perspective like, wow, I was stuck in this mess, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, my mentality was very different than the way it is now. And we got to always remember to remember where we came from, you know, what God delivered us from. And for those of us who are like me, hey, journaling goes a long way and it helps in so many different ways. So I hope this helps you guys out a little bit, give you guys a little motivation of what to do and maybe how to grow in the things of God. Journaling is, is my key for this week, you know, jot it down again, whether it be daily whether it be every other day or so or weekly anything more than weekly i think that'll be a little more harder to you know to try to remember okay what happened three weeks ago and two weeks ago you know at least weekly just jot something down doesn't have to be long doesn't have to be a lot but it'll definitely help you a lot along the way in your life and you can see your growth especially when you can look back at them later and say wow look how many things have changed all right let's move on now to our worship wednesday question All right, folks, we're moving on to our Worship Wednesday question. And this week, uh, this one's a little, this one's a little deep for me. Um, this, uh, w- without really planning it, uh, we had the question already lined up. And um, something happened earlier this week where news came out about a pastor who took his life. Um, and... Um, he happened to be a pastor who actually helped others who were going through depression and and low self-esteem. Some some of them who were actually uh, had suicidal thoughts, and yet he himself took his own life. Uh, in articles I've read, I don't know the pastor personally, so uh, please understand I'm not making any any judgments or anything like that. I would never do that. I wouldn't want it to even begin that. I've never read any of his books, um, but just in articles I've read, um, he's written about how he himself did struggle with certain things and thoughts. Um, and because of that, he really felt the call. He, he felt the victory, you know, in, in what God can offer. Um, but something along the, along the way made him feel that now was the time to take his life. And um, it's got to be hard for his church, definitely for his wife and his children. So I ask that you guys just keep them in prayer. Pray for his church, um, pray for the pastor and, and the pastors of this church on how to move forward and how to minister to the people and maybe even how they're going to explain this kind of stuff to those that the pastor who took his life, those that he ministered to. Um, so please keep them in prayer and pray for God's strength and for God's wisdom to be upon them and for as best as possible that peace will just be upon this family, especially as the holiday seasons will begin to come around. Um, the children will miss their dad, the wife will miss her husband, and um, and just now the process that she will go through, the wife and the children will go through, uh, in trying to just understand all this better. But going back to our question, the question actually was this week on our Worship Wednesday was, what do you do to keep you from going into a dark place mentally and emotionally? And then we had a second question that kind of went along with that. And who are the people you have 
to go to if you find yourself going into this dark place. Now, we had two people who answered this question uh, on the Facebook page directly. Others who, for obvious reasons, you know, because this is a personal kind of thing, uh, sent me uh, a side message, so not to be mentioned by name. Um, and I will honor that. Like I said, if you ever want to answer any of these questions but you don't want to, to be public, you can message me on the side. And um, all the answers were pretty much, had, had a lot of things in common. Uh, the answers were about really seeking God. And of course, that's always going to be our number one answer because without God, nothing is possible. You know, it, it's with Him that we find our strength and we find our, our being and, and what we do. And all of them, like I said, pointed to finding God and, and asking God for the strength. Uh, many also brought up about the importance of fellowship with like-minded people of faith who can help uplift, not judge, not criticize, not even rebuke, but those who are going to encourage. And when they hear their brother or their sister uh, uh, speaking about these kind of things where they're having these thoughts and they find themselves going to dark places uh, that they know they should not be going into, that these people are there to help encourage them and uplift them. Folks, I cannot stress to you enough the importance of that. Having people in your life, they're going to speak positive to you. Um, even past faith and, and past religion or, 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 or your, your own beliefs, psychologically, that just makes sense. You know, I don't think any psychiatrist or therapist, whether they're believers or not, will disagree with having people who will speak positive into your life, how important that is. Um, and so if you don't have someone in your life, I really do encourage you to find someone who can, who speaks positive things to you and, and, and that loves you for you, not for what you do for them. Um, that really cares about what you feel. If you say, I don't have anyone like that, that even if it's, it's, if it's a, a psychiatrist or, or a counselor, or that you really find ways and, and maybe even, listen, call up your local church, call up your, 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 your local uh, uh, ministries around you and just maybe just reach out and say, hey, I may not attend your church, but I, I know that I got to reach out to somebody because I don't have someone in my life right now that can help me keep my mind straight and, and focused on what I need to have my mind straight and focused on. Uh, I really encourage you to do that if, if, if you don't have a church that you go to, uh, if, if you're if maybe even if you're not a believer, but regardless of all that, that you have someone that speaks positive to your own life. All right. Next, to the believers, I want you to know something. And this comes straight from my heart. And please understand where I'm where I'm coming with this. Salvation is key. But there are times where salvation requires more. I think it needs we, we, we need to not just say, Lord, come into my life. And for many of us, we can attest to that when we ask Christ into our hearts, it didn't make the struggles and the burdens and the things that we have going on around us disappear. That's not what salvation was. Salvation was us proclaiming that, yes, I need Christ. I need God in my heart, in my life, because of everything that I'm seeing, because of where, where I'm going, because I'm a sinner, because I, I myself uh, am not perfect. I, I will fail my own self because there is a need for a Savior. I came to salvation for those things, to rec- and I recognize those things. But now there's still a process. And the scriptures line up with this in saying that, Read your word daily. Pick up a prayer life. Uh, uh, surround yourself with fellow believers. He developed the church. 
He developed a need for the church so that we could have others who can help uplift us. And scriptures say it over and over. You know, we weep with those who who, who cry. We and uh, we we rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, we we those are people are needed for this so that we can find purpose. Christ himself was looking to his disciples when he was going through his hardest time on this earth. He's saying, listen, can you just pray with me? Pray with me just a little longer and and, and join me in, in knowing that God is working and God is moving. You know, we, we know that we need people in our lives and it's so, so, so important. And when we go through these struggles and we face these situations, we have to recognize that it doesn't always make things disappear. With Through the Winter's when my wife and I first uh, really felt called to begin this ministry, uh, we explained it to quite a few pastors and church leaders and, and things like that. And everyone, everyone, everyone was like, wow, that's really good. Wow, that's that that's cool. Or and, and many even said, wow, that's important. That's something that's very important. But yet, when we asked pastors and church leaders, hey, can we speak at your church or... Can we talk to your your ministry leaders um, about you know some of the stuff that that we've learned or or that we have to offer so then they can know how to minister to people in their churches or um, I mean in their ministries or um, whether it be a Sunday or whether it be a workshop on a Saturday you know can we come and just share our testimony and 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 share the victory of, of God? Sad to say that a lot of them said, oh well we don't need anything like that in our in our in our, in our church. Um, the people in my congregation, I, and this is what I was told by a few pastors, the people in my congregation aren't going through anything like that. I didn't know how to respond. I, I just, I'm like, there's no way that if you have a congregation of, let's say, 100 people, that at least, at least, at least 40 people in that congregation of 100 have gone through some kind of abuse, have faced some kind of trauma, and let's say out of that 40, if that's the number, let's say out of that 40, that at least 30 of them still, even though they may be on fire for the Lord, they may be a deacon, they may be your ushers, they may even be your pastoral staff, that at least out of that 40, that 30 of them still don't know how to have freedom from the things that they, they face and they've gone through the struggles, the struggles that they're facing. There's no way, there's no way that to say that the people in my church don't go through that. And 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 that's been hard because in the churches that have opened up their doors and have allowed us to come and speak to their leaders or to their congregation, man, the calls that we received, the people that 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 contacted their pastors and so on and said, you know, you know what, I've been going through this, but I didn't know how to go move forward with it. I felt guilty. Because, you know, I was a leader and, and to admit that I was struggling with depression or to admit that I, that I was struggling with forgiveness or, or to admit that, you know, that, that I still doubted myself in the things of God. I felt that, you know, that wouldn't make me a great leader. But, you know, in, in having them come, at least it helped me see things a lot better. And pastors were coming saying, wow, there was more going on here than I thought. One of the first churches that allowed them, us to come in they man they they were just awesome and they and they didn't want to hide it they, they knew they said we know people are facing these kind of things we know people are struggling with forgiveness we want to protect our children and it was so cool because the pastor after we spoke um it was on the sunday morning after we spoke she called the 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 
associate pastor up and told him, go get all the children from the children's church. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care what's going on. We're going to bring these kids back over. And we prayed over the kids from children's church. They brought all the kids back into the church, um, to the sanctuary before they dismissed for the day. Um, and it said, hey, we're going to pray over all these kids because, you know, the things that can go on in their lives. And we don't want to be be negligent in, in knowing that our children, no matter how young they are, can still go through these kind of things. And it was just a blessing. But it brings to, to my understanding, is like, man, we never know. I mean, look at what happened with this pastor. And sad to say his story is not, is not secluded. It's, it's, not a, it's, it's not a one case thing. You know, there, there have been several reports and several stories of pastors that have taken their lives and or retired and quit the ministry when God probably had so much more for them because they just couldn't handle what was going on. And one of our um, followers, Amelia, she pointed that out, that she said, you know, her own counselor, when she went to counseling and she found strength in counseling, her own counselor admitted that he needed to go to people. Um, to someone after hearing all the stuff that people you know were dumping on him over the week and, and the things that they were saying that he needed someone to go to and and just vent and say okay all this stuff I don't want to carry this negative energy with me I don't want to carry these things with me and he needed someone to just let loose and let go of those kind of things and it made her question she goes I can only imagine then what passes go through and what if passes don't have someone to to uh let loose and to let and to just dump on and and let their emotions go and I, I answered back to her I'm like it's so true it's very very true um because clinically in the in the medical profession they make sure they have someone psychologists and therapists and counselors they have someone that they go to um so that they can release you know and 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 not carry the baggage of what they whatever they hear during the week and um the mistake probably is that maybe not many pastors have someone that they can do that after they go through counseling, after they take on the burdens of other people and members of their church, you know, um, who do they have to go to? Hopefully I'm not rambling too much, but I want you to know that when you face these dark moments emotionally, that you do seek someone out, that you do continue to seek the Lord in prayer, that you do find your strength in who God is. But believer, please, and, and even if you're not a believer and you're listening to this podcast, never do it alone. I myself have my own struggles. I myself have my own things that I face, that I go through. Because alone, we get caught up in our own thoughts. And man, it can be ugly. I don't want to do this alone. I, I, I need people there to just encourage me. I may like being alone. I even told my church this past Sunday when I, when I preached that I myself, I like being alone. I like, I like having times myself where I can just read and do whatever I want to do alone. We were never called to walk this earth alone he's called us to be people who fellowship with one another who encourage one another who rejoice with with each other who find strength with each other he's called us to be people of prayer he's called us to be people of the word he's called us to be people who continue to seek him for the strength and for the wisdom and for the guidance that we need we need god every single day of our lives and he's called us to be there for one another part of our obedience and following him is learning how to be there for one another because we need to be that hug. We need to be that ear. We need to be that strength. We need to be that voice of encouragement. Don't allow those dark places to overwhelm you and to keep you from reaching out and knowing that God does love you. He does care about you and that he wants to hold you. Amen. Alright everyone, we want to make sure that you know how to connect with us here at Through the Winters Ministry. And you can do that by going to throughthewinters.com. Again, 
throughthewinters.com. There, you'll be able to find out any information you want to know about Through the Winters ministry. You can read our articles, both old and new. You even have an opportunity to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Guys, you can also find us on Facebook. Just type in Through the Winters Ministry on the search engine and it'll take you right to our page. We hope you enjoy our ministry just as much as we enjoy serving you. God bless you all. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Sam. And this is Marsha. And we are continuing our conversations about loss and grief. Uh, in the previous weeks, we shared with you a little bit about maybe certain things that we have lost or things that we experienced. Today, we're going to get a little more intimate about something that we have shared before, uh, but we never really made it too, too, too public. Uh, we've done it once in a conference that we held where Marsha shared an experience we had. And um, Marsha, why don't you kind of like bring us into this discussion today? Well, um, you and I have four children, if yes. we, if no one really knows that we have four children. And um, we have, we had a, a little girl, Rachel, and a boy, Joey, when we got pregnant for the third time. And it wasn't something that we were trying to do. Yeah. You know, we, we weren't trying to have um, a third child because Rachel was only like maybe one and a half going on two. And we weren't ready we, for the third child yet. No. Um, we were really busy with ministry and um, me being a stay-at-home mom. So having a third child wasn't anywhere in our thoughts or our plans. And then... And then I got pregnant for the third time. And um, it was unexpected. It was it was something that uh, I felt uh, thrown off with. And for a little while, I had to learn to... Um, adjust yeah. and um, I started praying about it and I asked God I was like God you know I need you to to give me um, give me the mindset that I need to have in order to have a third child because right now I'm scared I don't think I can do this right now um, I didn't think I was equipped and um, I started to pray and I was asking God I was like God you know um, how am I gonna love this child another one but all of a sudden I started thinking about having you know, a third baby, and you know, Rachel was very quickly potty trained. She was like a really tiny human, so yeah. she didn't really give me the opportunity to really baby her. Yeah, Joey was, uh, he was two, just about to turn three, right? Uh, he yeah. was, and then, uh, Rachel, she, yeah, she, she, before she turned one, she was already walking and talking. And talking. And <laughs> so she threw us for a loop. Yeah. And so you felt like you were shortchanged. So yeah. at first you were scared. Yes. Because you're like, I can't be ready for a third child. I still have this baby here. And the other one's, you know, just three years old or going to be three. Mm -hmm. um, there's no way. And then yeah. it started to kind of sink in. It's like, yeah. you know what? I, this would be kind of cool. Yeah, I think I'm like I think I would like a third child. So I took out um, Rachel's old clothes, her her baby clothes, because I didn't even I didn't even give them away yet. So I took out her old clothes and I started looking at them and thinking, Oh my gosh, I want another girl. And um, and it it finally sunk in, and I got really excited and. Uh, my stomach started to grow at nighttime. I would, yeah. you know, I love sleeping on my stomach, and I could feel the resistance, and yeah. it kind of sunk in. Like it started really getting there. Like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be a mom again. And um, 
And I was really excited. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe how happy after, you know, the ordeal and, you know, the ordeal with Rachel. Like, I was like, I will never have another child. <laughs> so, um. And for me, I was nervous. Um, because I'm like, okay, we, and, and obviously we loved, loved our two kids already. And, uh, but, you know, I was nervous. I was like, okay, how can I do this? We're going to make this work. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. But yeah, there's a, a sense of excitement too. Like, okay, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get another one, you know, um. And and it was just an awesome feeling, just knowing that it's like, all right, God, you're really doing this, and mm-hmm. and you know, you think we're ready for this, so this is pretty cool, right? Yeah. And uh, and that's exactly what happened. We started to, um, you know, we started preparing and got our mind ready. We started, you know, thinking about, you know, how we're gonna set up the apartment, you yeah. know, yeah, setting up the apartment, getting cribs and you know we didn't really tell too many people because we didn't want the the looks like oh my gosh you're on your third kid your first one isn't even two yet well, well your second one isn't even two yet yeah. you know second one, yeah. yeah so um so then um shortly after like maybe a few weeks uh, going on close to four months um i started to have some pain in my stomach and I started to spot a little bit, and um, and it, and I didn't think that that was good. So uh, the doctor told me, you know, don't worry about it. You're you're gonna be okay. You know, just rest. And that's what I did. But um, after a few days, it just started to get worse. And I was, um, I said, I think we need to go to the doctor. We need to go to the hospital because the pain started to get excruciating, and. I could feel like my stomach was contracting. I knew that I was losing the baby. Like there Like it hit you. Yeah. Well, it was more the pain was different. Um the pain reminded me of when I was giving birth to Rachel. Like it was it was literally pushing the baby out and I was freaking out. Um it was it was so unexpected. It was so traumatic and I um, I remember you uh, taking me into the hospital and um, parking the car. And I'm walking in and I'm signing signing my name and I'm telling the ladies at the desk, like, you know, like, I'm losing my baby. I'm losing the baby. And they're like, all right, ma'am, just sit down, you know, fill out the paperwork. And I'm like, fill out the paperwork. I'm like, all right, fine. And as I'm filling out the paperwork and I'm dotting, you know, the putting the dot on the last line and I get up to go and, you know, give them the, um, the, 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 the clipboard. Um, I knew right then and there that I had lost the baby and, um, and I screamed, I screamed, I cried and I fell on the floor, um, in pain and just with the, um, un- I couldn't believe what I had just experienced at that moment. And, um, and that's when everything changed. Like my my everything in my world just changed. Like I couldn't, I couldn't grasp the fact that I had just spent all this time preparing for a baby, preparing to get myself ready for a new life. You know, everything was going to be different. And then, in a matter of of a few hours, I had lost everything that I had been planning for. It was a hard moment, yeah. you know, for both of us. Yeah. That night when I went home, um, I guess I was still in denial. Like, I was like, this couldn't have just happened to me. Like, I left, and I was going to be a mother of three. I come back, and I am still a mother of two. 
And I remember it hitting me when I went to go to sleep and I laid on my stomach and there was no resistance. Yeah. You know, like there was no... Um, it all felt different. Yeah, everything felt different. My body felt different. And um, and I broke down and I started crying. It was weird for you. And, and I remember the weeks that followed afterwards because, like you said, in the beginning, you're almost like, no, this can't be happening. I'm not ready for this, you know. Uh, how is this even possible that, mm -hmm. you know, that I'm pregnant now, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and it was like a lot of denial, a lot of denial until you learned to accept it. And when you accepted it, you became happy. Mm -hmm. And then just for another couple of weeks later or a matter of weeks later, for what you were now excited for, it all of a sudden just being gone. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I remember it just being weeks upon weeks, you know, going into months. Um, of you just not being yourself the same. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we still did have those two young children mm -hmm. and you loved up on them, but your your mood was not the same. It took a while for you to figure this out because now you were angry that you didn't, what you got happy about was now gone right. and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I remember, I think I went through almost a year. It went through yeah. almost a year of just trying to figure it all out yeah because you know you there were so many things that still needed to happen like you know the date of when the baby was sure. supposed to be right. born right. you know At that this time i would probably be this big yes what was going on or, yep and that's yeah. exactly what happened and then um and then i went through being angry with god um because how could i blame anyone other than god because in my mind you know, God gives, but he also takes away. Like, yeah. why would you give me something I didn't ask for and then take it away? Well, just make me when... happy about it. Yeah. And then, yeah. yes. You know, because there was this sense of guilt for feeling like I didn't want this child. So I got myself in the mode that I should have, yeah. you know, to have the child. And then as soon as I was ready, um, as soon as I got it, as soon as I was excited, then it was taken away from me and um and i was angry with him for for quite some time yeah. um because no one else takes life but him yeah. you know um, what made it harder for us is because we were in ministry uh, right. we're involved with teaching others at the time we were youth pastors and we're, we're teaching the youth about trusting god and mm -hmm. knowing that god loves you and stuff like that and for you this was a conundrum because it's like I got to teach them about God's love, but yet I'm struggling and mad at God right now. Right. You know? And, uh, you know, you got to put the face on, yeah. you know, um, you, you still have to keep going with the motions, even though you have this gigantic loss, yeah. you know, in your mind. Um, now, in the last few weeks, we've talked about losing people. And as much as in my mind, I know that my miscarriage was a loss of a human. Um, I think that my miscarriage is a perfect example of the loss of of expectation. expectation. Yep. You know, loss yeah. of expectation, loss of a dream, loss of, you know, something that you know was coming and you're preparing for it. You're yeah. ready for yeah. it. It may not be here, but you're you're setting your life up, whether it's, you know, you're dating someone and you 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 know, propose and, you know, you're expecting to get married, you know, yeah. or even that you're expecting a baby or you're expecting a job, you're expecting financial security. Yeah. Um, and everything seems to be going right. And yep. you learn to accept and you're like, okay, you prepared for it. And then all of a sudden, boom, 
the door closes or mm-hmm. you know things change and it didn't go the way you expected what happens when you lose the expectation of something that you believed was coming your way mm-hmm. a blessing you were about to receive and it doesn't go the way you had planned or had hoped mm-hmm. um, that's another form of loss and grief because your mind gets set on on here's the plan here's the, here's what seems like maybe the door that God is opening and then all of a sudden it doesn't you're like what what just happened how, how did how did this go wrong you know did I do something wrong right. or, you know whatever the case may be mm-hmm. um, and what do we do when an expectation is lost what do we do and how do we respond you know to those kind of things where we we believe this is the plan and then all of a sudden the plan falls apart right <clears throat> in the when um, I was losing the baby I think that I understood helplessness in a whole different way you don't realize how helpless you are um, when you think you have control you know um, you know when a mom is pregnant she thinks that you know if I eat right if I do this if you I do this you prepared, you right? yeah. yeah you know yeah. I I didn't smoke I didn't drink my body was well I was healthy you know and you know to some degree a mom who's pregnant thinks that she has a lot more control than she really does have and um at that moment when my body was doing something i didn't want it to do i couldn't there was nothing i could do to change it you know and the same thing happens when you know you do everything that's right you you know you love that person that that um you're you're pronounced to be married to and you know you're you're great at your job you do what you're supposed to do at your job you you do what you're supposed to do in a relationship or a friendship and then no matter how good you are something happens and it and it changes the plan yeah it changes the plan snatches you know snatches your dream from you and doesn't give you the opportunity to vote like you don't get the vote you don't you don't get to explain you don't get to um plead your case and um and it leaves you feeling like um you are robbed and that you are are helpless yeah um and sometimes that's what makes people now because of uh depending on the situation depending what the expectation was and how they lost it uh it makes them now say you know what i'm not gonna try again right and now what happens now is the results of why bother? You right. know, because it's just going to be given to the person that didn't try as hard as me, or that doesn't care as much as I do, or, mm-hmm. or I'm, maybe I'm just not good enough. So this is just nature telling me, or God telling me, or whoever your perspective is, telling me that it that I'm that I'm not worthy of it. You right. know, uh, and so now it could probably kill a dream altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, in other cases, we probably fall into a lull. Some people mm-hmm. will fall in, lock themselves up in a room, and not not come out. You mm-hmm. know, for a long period of time. And so uh, how do we deal with those kind of things? What, what is it that, that now happens in this type of loss and grief when expectation is lost? How does one get back on their feet? Well, um, the first thing we have to understand is that it may not be a person, but the loss of a dream and expectation can cause your mind to still go through the same steps as if it were a person. Saul was a king that that was trying to do things um the right way but he was so geared on doing things to please man that god ended out removing the kingdom from him 
and Samuel had to be the one to deliver it. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Um, this verse shows that that um, the loss of an expectation can send someone into a place of grief. Right, because Samuel was knew what Saul needed to do as king before right. God, and he saw Saul doing the opposite. Right. And so he's like, we're going to lose it all. It's, it's all going to fall apart. <clears throat> then God is telling him, he's like, he goes, do you believe I'm in control or not? Right. Yeah. So the very first thing you have to realize is that losing something and expectation will bring you into a place of grief. Yeah. Okay. That's the first thing you have to realize. The next thing that you have to understand is that you got to give yourself some time to, um, accept what is going on. Now, God had to go to Samuel and say, how long are you planning to grieve? And the question that you know, maybe God is asking you is how long are you going to grieve over an expectation and a dream that has been lost? For me, I went through almost a year and a half, two years. And the reason why I feel that it took so long was because I was so angry with God. And um, my anger with God kept me from receiving the healing that he wanted to give me. Um, and I don't think he was... We even prepare you for yeah. what it was that he was going to need you to and, and the life that he was going to have for you kind yeah. of thing. You know, I think that... Um, I think we think that God is um, intimidated by our frustration and our anger, so we hide it from him. But it was those moments that I started to just tell God, God, you did this, and why did you do this, and why did you let this happen? When I started to be more vocal um, with God in a very healthy way, you know, not like in a, I can't stand you, I'll never serve you again kind of moment. No, not a rebellious moment, but when I, in my private time, started to express to him how I was feeling and how I was hurting he appreciated that more than my fake my fake worship my fake relationship with him you know um God is not intimidated by our emotions he already knows what we're going through so I want to just challenge those who may be in the situation right now in the next week until um we talk about the next five um five stages I'd want to encourage you to get some private time with God, whether it's journaling or speaking openly and and being very honest with the loss that you've had and how you feel like he could have done something different. You know, you feel like you're angry because he may have robbed you. Um, And the truth is, is that God loves each and every one of us and he doesn't rob us of anything. Um, God gave me double for my trouble because uh, shortly after um, I was pregnant with my third daughter. Nope. Nope. Third child. (laughs) Yep. We're we're not doing that. Nope. Not third daughter. I was um, pregnant with my third child. And then within a matter of months, I was pregnant with my fourth child, you know, and, and it came, they came back to back. Um, and, um, and God knew that he wanted to give me an overflow and he totally did. So I want you to know God never wants to rob us of anything. Um, he wants to give to you. And there are other forces in this world, and we know it's the enemy that wants to get you to distort your view of God in a very 
um, painful moment. So I'd love for you to take a take some this time over the week and um, just go to God and be honest with him and then come back next week and listen to the five stages of loss and grief that maybe you're in and let us help you get through those. It's important to understand that, you know, sometimes we may not understand why we go through what we go through and we can never guess on our ends, you know, all the situations and scenarios that come up in your lives for those of you who are listening, because um, it could be just a multiple of things. It could be the choices and decisions that you make. It could be things that are totally out of your control and things that happen from other people. Um, the, the list can go on and on and on and on and on. But the most important thing, and, and please understand when we're saying this, is that you know, we believe that God is always in control and there's always something to be learned in everything that we go through. We may not understand it at the time when we're going through it. We may not even want to hear it Mm -hmm. when we're going through it because I don't want to hear that God loves me. I don't want to hear that because how, because it may not make sense at that moment. And that's exactly what Marsha was going through. Like she said, it took months to a year for her to finally deal with the anger that she even felt towards God. Um, she knew he was real. She she held on to her faith, but that made it probably worse for her because mm-hmm. she goes, I know you're real, and yet you let this happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it takes a process. It takes it takes some working to get through. Um, but it isn't until years later that had this not happened, no matter how hard it was when we were going through it, we wouldn't be able to be here to talk about it now and maybe relate to someone who's going through something similar and say that there is hope, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. Someone did say that to me once. They said, you know, maybe God is going to use this for you to help someone else. And that's I'll not be, what you wanted to hear. I do not want to hear that. Yeah. And I didn't want to hear that then. Yeah. Um, and you may not want to hear that right now. Yeah. Uh, because I feel, I, you know, for those that know my story, I'm like, are you telling me that God is a puppet master? That he puts me through these horrible situations just so that I can help someone else? That's not what we're saying, nope. and we do not want you to think that. Um, you, it's, ha- yeah, it's it's more of God is in control. He he has a purpose. He has a plan, and he knows the beginning from the end, and and he's working things out. And that's the hope that we can try to leave with you guys here this day that there is a purpose and a plan for everything that we go through, for everything that we face. He is there watching over us. He is there to strengthen us. We have to make that choice on, on how we move forward, mm-hmm. you know, and seeking after him. And like we, she said, uh, next week we're going to go through some stages that maybe you can relate with. And we, and we want you, the reason we're going to go through that is because we want to make sure that maybe you can recognize and see where you're at and hopefully provide some solutions uh, during the process of when you go through this loss and grief that comes unexpected that you weren't ready for Mm -hmm. absolutely i'd love to pray for you um and it doesn't matter what the situation is uh, and maybe you haven't lost anything right now and um and you're not at that stage but i want to pray that if you ever have to experience it going forward that you'll remember this uh podcast and uh reach out to us and we'd love to help you and for those who are going through it we would love to help you as well so let me pray for you Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to just pray for my friends right now. Lord, I know that each and every one of us are have gone through some form of loss um, and has have experienced grief at some point in our life. Lord, uh, we are asking that you would just come and be with each and every one that's listening right now. 
Lord, you love us. You care for us despite the bitter um, bitterness, the anger, the frustration that we may feel um, as we are. We do not understand what is going on. Lord, I pray that you would touch them where they are. Let them know that you love them and that you care for them. And that you know what's coming and that you will never leave their side no matter what they may say, how they may act, and how they may respond. You'll never leave them. You haven't left them. And you want to be with them through this very rough journey. We thank you for everything that you've done and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, folks, that's it for us today. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you guys will continue to listen. And uh, again, if you want to be a sponsor or you want to support this ministry, you should be able to find a little button on on the side next to the podcast that says support. And just click on that, and it will give you the directions from there. Thank you so much from Through the Winters Ministry. We'll talk to you guys next week.